Welcome to the 44th Street Podcast of the New York City Bar Association. In this episode, Puerto Rico and the Jones Act. New York City Bar President Roger Juan Maldonado and New York State Bar President Michael Miller speak with James Ostashevsky, who drafted the City Bar's report in support of exempting Puerto Rico from the Jones Act, a law that restricts shipping and that independent study say costs the recovering island hundreds of millions of dollars per year. The opinions expressed here are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of the New York City Bar Association. Here's James Ostashevsky. In recent years, Puerto Rico has been suffering through a fiscal crisis. That was only made worse late in the year 2017 when Hurricane Maria hit and devastated the island. Today we'll be discussing a recent report that was issued by the New York City Bar Association and the New York State Bar Association. Uh, in it, these two organizations, joined by many others in an interesting bipartisan coalition, have made a recommendation that could substantially help Puerto Rico's economy recover without costing the federal government anything at all. They're recommending that Congress pass a law granting Puerto Rico an exemption from a law called the Jones Act. So I'm joined today by Roger Maldonado, the president of the New York City Bar Association, and by Michael Miller, the president of the New York State Bar Association. So welcome. And just before we get into the details of what the Jones Act is, uh, could you give the audience a high-level summary of how big of an issue this is? The report seems to explain that uh, there's a lot at stake and a lot of potential upside for the people of Puerto Rico. Well, um, this is Roger. The Jones Act has been estimated by many different sources to cost Puerto Rico in increased price of shipping hundreds of millions of dollars every year. This alone would be significant. But when you add to that the fact that Puerto Rico has been in a long-term fiscal crisis of over 10 years, and add to that even further the fact that Puerto Rico is now currently suffering from the devastating effects of Hurricanes Irma and in particular Hurricane Maria. You, you, the, the combined effect on Puerto, Puerto Rico's economy of having any increased burden on its economy that results from a one particular act is something that w we in the city bar and you James in particular in the report that you drafted indicated must must be stopped, and now is the time to do so. Uh, yeah, James, first on behalf of the 72,000 members of the New York State Bar Association, I want to commend the City Bar for taking the lead on this absolutely in, in, incredibly important matter. The humanitarian crisis in Puerto Rico is so great as a result of the devastation that was caused by Hurricane Maria in September of 2017 that um, we were compelled to bring our associations together and at the American Bar Association's House of Delegates present a resolution calling for the permanent exemption of Puerto Rico from the Jones Act. Um, you know, the, the images of devastation uh, are, are seared in, in all of our memories. Thousands of Puerto Ricans, every one of them an American citizen, just like us. They died or were uh, seriously injured. Uh, people lost their homes, their places of, of work. Much of the island's power grid was destroyed, some areas without electricity for many months. So this was an absolute imperative that we as, not just as, as leaders of the bar, but as, as 
Americans that we stand up and do whatever we possibly can to help our fellow Americans. And exempting Puerto Rico from the Jones Act is not going to solve Puerto Rico's problems, but it would be a significant step forward. Right. So what form would the relief look like if the Jones Act were passed tomorrow? Uh, what do we anticipate might happen uh, months or years from now? Well, what we're uh, asking Congress to do is to exempt Puerto Rico and only Puerto Rico from the requirements of the Jones Act. We're not seeking to repeal the Jones Act. The effect of exempting Puerto Rico from the Jones Act would mean that Puerto Rico would then be able to have shipping come from ports in the United States to Puerto Rico, which will increase the actual trade between Puerto Rico and the United States in ways that benefits the United States and benefits Puerto Rico. And what it will do is it will allow Puerto Rico to have, and Puerto Rico's economy, to have the net increase of several hundred million dollars worth of economic activity, and some estimates are over a billion dollars worth of economic activity result in increased jobs, increased numbers of taxes, tax revenues to the government of Puerto Rico at a time that it desperately needs it. You know, you know I think it might be useful for our listeners to just give a little background what, what the Jones Act is. It's right. actually called the Merchant Marine Act of 1920. It's a law that was uh, enacted shortly after World War One. It's anachronistic, outdated. Uh, it was really designed to, in 1920 to ensure that America had a sufficient naval militia. This was in the aftermath of of a war where there was a sense that we did not have the kind of naval uh, f force that, that uh, America should. Um, so the purpose of this, of this law uh, no longer exists. I don't think anyone could, could rationally say that we need this law. And, and what does this, this law do? It, it requires that um, all uh, goods being brought from one port, one American port to another has to be on vessels that are owned by Americans, that are, uh, that are built in America, that have at least 75 percent of uh, its, its uh, uh, folks working on the ship, uh, American citizens. So, um, the, 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 and obviously that, that purpose was for defense, to make sure that we had Americans on those boats in the event that we were attacked. Right. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a very important point. And uh, just to get back to the mechanics of the Jones Act, uh, you'd mentioned that this is something that applies between two United States ports. So if someone were to ship something from Mexico or from Brazil, uh, that wouldn't be impacted by the Jones Act. That's correct. In fact, uh, much of shipping to Puerto Rico as of right now comes from foreign countries, directly from the foreign countries to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. The reason for that, however, is that notwithstanding uh, comparable prices of goods in the United States and certain foreign countries, mm -hmm. because of the increased uh, price of shipping between U.S. ports and Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico ends up shipping mm -hmm. most of its uh, a, a greater percentage mm -hmm. of its commodities from these foreign countries, even though it's farther away 
and the prices aren't necessarily cheaper than in the United States. No, I think the reports show that a lot of the materials that, that come in from foreign ports are more expensive than they would be if they could come from American ports that were not uh, subject to, to the Jones Act. So the unintended consequence of the Jones Act is that goods, building goods, food, everything that, that, that comes in costs more. And in the course of recovery, who's paying the bill? The American taxpayer. So they get less of a bang for the buck, much less of a bang for the buck as a result of this anachronistic, outdated law. Right. And is there anything, uh, Puerto Rico, it's uh, an island. It's sort of geographically unique. If you've got a law that determines uh, uh, what can be shipped between two United States ports, it seems like uh, uh, Texas might be able to ship something by rail as a sort of workaround for the Jones Act. But uh, is the geography of Puerto Rico, does that make this any harder? Absolutely. In fact, it's for similar reasons that you have other uh, non-contiguous territories of the United States either completely exempt or partially exempt from the requirements of the Jones Act because island economies do not have the ability to come up with alternative means to have goods transported uh, that are necessary for their economies to survive, for their residents to be able to live. Mm -hmm. the, um, among the reasons that the costs are increased is that because there are a limited number of Jones Act shipping companies, there were four, now there's three, and there are a limited number of ports that ship from the United States to, to Puerto Rico, what you end up having is an, a cascading series of costs. So if right now it's, there are estimates that 88% of all goods sh shipped from the United States to Puerto Rico come out of Jacksonville, Florida. In order for those goods to be shipped to Puerto Rico, they have to then first be shipped to Jacksonville. And if it's coming from a port in the United States, it means Jones Act shipping costs between that port and Jacksonville, and then Jones Act shipping costs between Jacksonville and Puerto Rico. So you have a, a cascading series of increases of prices that are borne solely by the persons residing in Puerto Rico. Yeah, so, so think about how irrational this is and how much this costs the American taxpayer. Puerto Rico is forced to import most of uh, goods and oil from foreign countries. As Roger said, much greater distances. Not because those goods are cheaper. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. But, but because of the excessive transportation costs as a result of, mm. of the Jones Act. And, and, and as, as Roger said, um, Puerto Rico is the only U.S. territory that is not at least partially exempted from the Jones Act. The Virgin Islands, exempt. American Samoa, exempt. Northern Mariana Islands. Even, even a major port in, in Alaska is exempt. But not Puerto Rico when it's reeling, when it's reeling from devastation. It, it, it makes no sense, except when you put it in the context, the economic context. There are these powerful shipping industry uh, folks who um, uh, have significant lobbying um, um, resources and um, uh, you know who who represents Puerto Rico in the United States government 
they they are unrepresented. Puerto Rico has one non-voting representative in the United States Congress. That's it. And uh, it's for these reasons that we are uh, recommending, and you know, both the New York State Bar Association and the ABA unanimously uh, approved the recommendation to seek permanent exemption for Puerto Rico. We, because Puerto Rico right now is uh, in the American consciousness, given you know the the combination of the uh, long-term economic crisis, the fact that the Promesa legislation was passed that has an oversight board looking over the administration of Puerto Rico's finances, coupled with the uh, hurricane's effects, Puerto Rico is in the news. It's in the news now. And we are seeking permanent exemption mm -hmm. for that reason, because we think that there is, a bi there is currently bipartisan support to exempt Puerto Rico from the requirements of the Jones Act. At a time that th where there is a, an understanding of the crisis that needs to be addressed. Were we to seek um, only a temporary exemption, our concern is that five years from now, ten years from now, Puerto Rico will no longer be in the news. Congress will no longer be focused on the humanitarian crisis that will continue to exist in Puerto Rico for some time. And whereas, as Michael indicated, the Jones Act shipping has an enormously powerful lobby. If, for whatever reason, exempting Puerto Rico from the requirements of the Jones Act does have some impact on the shipping industry, and there is currently no report that says that it will, the, the Jones Act shipping industry can very easily muster the necessary power to go back to Congress, and either through increased appropriations and or through other means of providing a subsidy to the, the, the impacted industry or those portions of the industry that are impacted, you will be able to rectify the situation in a way that the costs are borne by all United States taxpayers and not solely by the residents of Puerto Rico. Right. So it seems like we're at a unique point right now where we could potentially get this done. Uh, there will uh, likely be some pushback. We've been talking uh, a bit about how the Jones Act increases the costs of shipping goods from the mainland United States to Puerto Rico. Uh, but uh, my question is, how do we know that? Some people will say, well, maybe we don't know that exactly. Uh, so have there been certain agencies or people who have been studying this who have uh, uh, quantified this? Yeah, but before we get to that, you know, the purpose of the, yeah, and there's another Jones Act, so it, it's, it's dangerous to just say the Jones Act because uh, a casual listener might, might get a, a, uh, a misimpression. The, the, um, this law, enacted in 1920, in the, in, you know, just a short time after World War I, had a purpose. Mm -hmm. The purpose was American defense. It had nothing to do with, with um, shipping, with uh, economic considerations. It has been appropriated by a small but powerful lobby and as a result, the Puerto Rican people are, are not getting the benefit of the taxpayer dollars that are being allocated to, the, to Puerto Rico's recovery. It is anachronistic. It, 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 whether uh, there, there is a cost or not, you know, people can, can massage numbers. But 
but the reality, the purpose of this law was not to support a, a, a particular lobby, it was to protect America. Its purpose no longer exists. In terms of specific reports, the answer is yes. Um, the Government Account Accountability Office in 2013 issued a report in which it concluded that it was impossible to determine the actual impacts of the Jones Act on prices in Puerto Rico, but it started the report by saying it didn't look at that. What the report did, in fact, demonstrate was not only was there a reduction in shipping between the Puerto Rico and the United States, the reasons for that reduction was because of the increased costs to the, the consumers in Puerto Rico, the persons looking to import mm -hmm. the goods by virtue of transportation. In fact, for some um, commodities, it costs double the amount to ship between the U.S. and Puerto Rico mm -hmm. based on uh, Jones Act versus foreign mm -hmm. vessels. Yeah, and think about that. Iro it's <laughs> ironic. <laughs> It, it actually increases the cost. I mean, it, 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 it's amazing. It, it, it decreases the likelihood of, of, of uh, commerce. Which also results in a loss of tax revenue in the United States. But uh, it, the GAO report um, in 2013 <clears throat> was revisited last year where the GAO actually indicated that it is indeed likely that there is a negative impact on Puerto Rico mm -hmm. by virtue of the Jones Act. In addition, there have been prior reports by the Federal Reserve Bank, which uh, also found that this, uh, the cost of ship shipments between Puerto Rico and, and, uh, and the United States are twice as much as between a, uh, a foreign carrier, and, uh, I'm sorry, twice as much as between the United States and uh, exempt territories such as the U.S. Virgin Islands. You also have the International Monetary Fund uh, persons from the IMF who uh, found that the increased costs were over $500 million a year and over the course of from 1990 to 2010, $17 billion in lost economic growth mm -hmm. resulting from the increased prices of the Jones Act activity. And what, what I thought, uh, the G GAO report that Roger just mentioned, um, it, it, it gave examples of some very basic things that, uh, as a result of the impact of, of, of this law, this crazy law, in my opinion, uh, basic things like animal feed, corn, potatoes, jet fuel, petroleum, you run the country. How do you run the country? Well, unfortunately, it, petroleum is crucial for Puerto Rico because its antiquated energy-producing system is absolutely dependent on petroleum. Right, and and so the the cost to to purchase these things from the mainland is increased. So it encourages them. It, it makes the only alternative is to buy it from a foreign source that that would actually cost more than it would if it was shipped from America without the the um, Jones Act. Right. And so it seems uh, pretty clear that there's a negative, uh, uh, based on the report at least, that there's a uh, negative economic impact uh, from the Jones Act. Uh, but I just wanted to, uh, the report came out in the middle of 2018. 
so I just want to ask, have there been updates since then as far as people looking into the issue of what the impact is? Yes. Um, uh, one report that was issued uh, after our report actually found that there indeed was a, uh, that there was no impact of increased uh, prices be because of the Jones Act. That report, however, was, uh, has been seriously questioned in terms of its methodology because what it basically did was take 13 items that are sold in Walmarts in Jacksonville, Florida, and Puerto Rico and compared those prices and said, nope, they're about the same. There is no uh, analysis as to how they happen to pick on those 13 commodities. And in fact, when uh, persons in the, in the media took a deeper look into the Walmart prices between Puerto Rico and Jacksonville, they found that there were many uh, commodities, such as Breyer's ice cream, where <laughs> the cost was eight times the amount in Puerto Rico over Jacksonville. So uh, given you know, the very uh, narrow focus and questionable methodology, many persons have said, look, that you cannot really rely on that report. Fortunately, there were two other reports that have come out uh, since um, our, the, 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 re the 2018 report on which the City Bar, New York State Bar, and ABA have, have all joined. And those reports have found, and they were, both came out in this year, uh, one uh, report by the uh, John Dunham and Associates and a, another report by the Advantage Business Consulting both found that the cost of increased shipping uh, because of the Jones Act result in somewhere between $360 million every year in increased prices to Puerto Rico to up to over a billion dollars in lost economic activity to Puerto Rico. Yeah, just, just to um, amplify that, I, I thought the, the report was uh, very even-handed. Uh, it, it quotes from the National Review, you know, staunch conservative publication, and the New York Times. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote, the, the National Review wrote, and this is a quote, on the merits, the Jones Act is a bad law. It costs Puerto Rico $17 billion in economic growth between 1990 and 2010. And then the other end of the spectrum, the New York Times said, but quite bluntly, and this is again a quote, this is a shakedown, a mob protection racket with Puerto Rico a captive market. If the United States has any interest in the hurricane-battered people of Puerto Rico, it needs to take the law off their necks and now. I, yeah. Little over the top, but but uh, certainly, uh, you know, on on the merits, there's just I I see no rational argument for a law that has outlived its stated purpose. And, and we can't forget that putting aside the fact that Puerto Rico has been in a long-term economic decline, it started from a point where it was already poorer than any state in the United States. So any increase in, in economic activity that will result in lower prices, more jobs, more tax revenue to Puerto Rico is desperately needed. 
you, you, you have a country that is nowhere close to having a living standard that most of the United States shares. And as Michael put it, the persons residing in Puerto Rico are all U.S. citizens. Mm. Okay, so we touched a little bit on the politics, but I think we should probably discuss how Congress has responded to Hurricane Maria, uh, how it's uh, responded to the Jones Act more generally. And we've talked a bit today about how there were reports from the New York Federal Reserve that said this increases the cost of goods in Puerto Rico uh, from a bunch of organizations. And there were also three after our report, which I think, Roger, you said uh, two out of three quantified the impact as being negative, and the third one just looked at a bunch of goods on Walmart. So out of all these reports, do you know which ones Congress has discussed? Uh, if they've yeah. Lately, have they discussed anything other than the psychodrama going on in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> it's very, you know, it's, it, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. you, you, I make you laugh a little bit, yeah. but, but um, uh, there are some in Congress who are sensitive to the challenges that the people of Puerto Rico face in this uh, devastating circumstance that, uh, that they are in and that the island is in. Uh, but for the most part, uh, I, I don't think Congress is paying much attention. And that's uh, where we come in. We are advocates. And um, uh, our raison d'etre in, in, in many ways is to um, advocate for public policy that is sensible, that is compassionate, that is reasonable. I don't think there is any way you can argue that, that the um, uh, exemption of Puerto Rico is unreasonable, that it's not, you know, and, and uh, for crying out loud, you know the members of Congress are are the stewards of our precious resources, and th this is it, it, it's it's bizarre. It's almost Alice in Wonderland rationale. You know to keep this law in the books, so we so the taxpayer that devotes resources to the recovery has to pay gets less bang for the buck get the, the people get less recovery um, they they have to buy goods from other countries and pay more which means less economy you know economic activity for Americans it's 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 a bizarre circumstance unfortunately the only recent uh, hearing that uh, has been held in Congress was convened by uh, Congressman Duncan Hunter, who uh, was the uh, chair, the chairman of the House Subcommittee on Coast Guard and Marine Transportation. And he conven quickly convened a hearing shortly after the Walmart report, as I shall refer to it, uh, came out, and where he focused on that report. And uh, the media has reported that what occurred at that uh, uh, hearing was a the, the the persons who were there appeared to be primarily supporters of the Jones Act, and the questions that were asked of them were not designed to elicit a a, a deep understanding of the Jones Act's impacts on Puerto Rico because the only report reference was indeed the the Walmart report. Since uh, Congressman Duncan Hunter is no longer the chairman for reasons that have <laughs> nothing to do with the Jones Act but other um, alleged improprieties committed by him, the, uh, we now have an opportunity. You, you have uh, within Congress 
a, uh, a, a new Congress to begin with, where there are uh, new persons who will can convene different hearings that where all of the reports that we've been referencing can be addressed mm -hmm. and where there hopefully will be a meaningful uh, discussion of the true impacts of the Jones Act on Puerto Rico. And just uh, to flesh out a little bit more about the uh, political avenues, uh, there's also the PROMESA board that was convened uh, uh, pretty recently, and there's also the president has certain powers to grant uh, waivers. Uh, so uh, could you maybe talk a little bit about uh, what happened after Hurricane Maria with the Jones Act? There was a short waiver, correct? In, in fact, oh yeah, very enlightened, <laughs> very enlightened yeah. uh, waiver. Yeah. In, in fact, the the City Bar Association uh, did uh, ask the, uh, the the government of the United States to, uh, uh, without regard to congressional action, ex you know, have a one year exemption for Puerto Rico to give it the opportunity to recover from the impacts of Hurricane Maria, and uh, the exemption that was granted was lasted a total of ten days. Okay. So uh, we do not look to the administration as the means by which to um, address the need for Jones Act relief for Puerto Rico. Uh, the, uh, the, the second part of your question was? Oh, the PROMESA board. Do the they have any role in? The PROMESA board should not. Uh, the PROMESA board's role is to uh, review and approve budgets uh, that are submitted by Puerto Rico for the expenditures of Puerto Rico's finances and to determine that uh, the actions of the government of Puerto Rico are in keeping with those budgets. Any issues with respect to whether or not Puerto Rico will be exempt from the requirements of the Jones Act must be determined by the United States Congress, not by the, the oversight board. Right. So why hasn't this happened yet? It seems that there's a bipartisan support for granting exemption for Puerto Rico, but it also seems that uh, the uh, opposition to that request is also uh, maybe crosses uh, uh, the aisle. Well, you, you might have heard that there was this little thing called the government shutdown. Right. So the, the new Congress came in and the various committees couldn't hire the new staff, couldn't get their agendas established, and that went on for quite some time. Many committees still are not fully staffed, and the agendas are just being developed. I am hopeful that w with some uh, effort on our part to keep the heat on, that we can have uh, hearings from various perspectives. Um, small business is one. Uh, Nydia Velasquez is the chair now of the Small Business Committee of the House of Representatives, and she is uh, keenly uh, aware and sensitive to the issues that uh, we're talking about today. Uh, Jose Serrano uh, is uh, uh, chair of a subcommittee on a, uh, of the Appropriations Committee. Appropriations is where it's all at when you talk about resources. Um, so he has a, a good deal of influence, and uh, he's very much on board with what with where we're at. I uh, had the um, opportunity to meet with him just a couple of weeks ago, and 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 we talked about the Jones Act, and he was saying, you know, we're just 
filling the slots and the staff mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully uh, by the beginning of April uh, we'll be able to um, make some headway. Mm -hmm. the, the reason that there is um, bipartisan opposition uh, to the Jones Act uh, relates to the concern that has been raised by not just the shipping industry in terms of its ability to be ready and available to support the U.S. Navy in times of war or crises, but also there have been uh, issues raised with respect to uh, the possible negative impact on dock workers, on uh, the crew members of the ships involved in Jones Act shipping. Uh, but as we indicated at the beginning, there is no reliable study showing what mm. impact, if any, there would be on those dock workers, on the uh, crewmen, uh, be if Puerto Rico and only Puerto Rico were to be exempted from the Jones Act. Well, you know, but it, it, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. There would be some negative impact on the crew members, the longshoremen, dock workers, what have you. But it, that argument is, uh, it's less than weak. If you think about it, that would be like, well, let's give support to the typewriter industry because computers are, are, are going to be coming in and we won't have any more customers, so we'll just have to, have to support them. There will be other opportunities. There will be greater shipping from the United States to Puerto Rico. Of that, there is no doubt. It's the shortest distance. It's a direct line. It's part of America. There, there are tax incentives. There are all sorts of reasons that there will be greater economic activity. So will some folks be impacted? Of course. Whenever there's a change of any legislation, there, there is an impact. But, you know, these people are suffering. If this was, I have to say this, if this was Houston, if this was Galveston, if this was Jacksonville, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It'd be exempt already. And it's exactly for that reason that Let's assume for a moment there will be some negative impact on uh, the shipping industry, on the crewmen, on the dock workers. It should not be the residents of Puerto Rico who must suffer from not having those persons negatively impacted. What needs to happen is that Puerto Rico needs to be exempted so it can have its economy begin to try and recover and its people begin to have a slightly better you know, living condition and if there is a need to address a negative impact on the shipping industry and, and, and the crews and the dock workers, then it should be through appropriations paid by all U.S. taxpayers rather than just the residents of Puerto Rico to address whatever that negative impact may be. Right. And I, I think that uh, one of the studies that came out after the New York City and State Bar Association put out this report estimated that there would be increased tax revenue to the federal government, something to the tune of $100 million. Uh, there was also something in our report, I think, uh, I forget what the number was exactly, but it seems like there would be, to the extent that 
we assume that there is some sort of harm. There is some room for the federal government to take alternate measures to address that rather than having the people of Puerto Rico bear this directly. Correct. Because of the increased uh, amount of trade between Puerto Rico and the U.S. that would, re would result from exempting Puerto Rico from the uh, requirements of the Jones Act, there is, I think it's something to the tune of $300 million in increased tax revenues mm -hmm. available for uh, the uh, the entities in the United States that would be shipping to Puerto Rico, and those tax revenues could be used to, as, as needed to offset whatever necessary monies are needed to subs subsidize the shipping industry uh, so that there is going to be, in all likelihood, still a net positive to the U.S. taxpayer, right. even if you were to subsidize whatever negative impact there would be. Right. So under the current system, uh, we'd also discussed a little bit about how there were three or four companies that service this Jones Act trade between the mainland United States and Puerto Rico. Something that was interesting in the report was uh, a discussion of uh, between like 2011, 2012 or so, there were some uh, antitrust issues. Uh, and I wonder if anyone could talk a little bit, uh, give a bit more detail on uh, what happened there. Sure. Um, each one of the uh, four shippers uh, during that period of time were uh, either settled or were found uh, to have been in violation of uh, laws that made it illegal to collude in terms of price fixing. The, um, of the, f the four shippers, one of them is no longer shipping to Puerto Rico so that um, at, although there are no currently pending civil or criminal claims against any of the shippers, the concern is that the, in, the, the, the environment of having such limited competition shipping to Puerto Rico could once again result in a, uh, a, a scheme that would artificially inflate even further the uh, shipping costs to Puerto Rico. Uh, and, and again, going back to the fact that just just about everything that is shipped to Puerto Rico is coming out of one port, you have to, it's not just the increased price of shipping, it's the availability of shipping to uh, carry necessary goods on a timely basis between the U.S. to Puerto Rico that would be incredibly uh, improved by virtue of opening up all, you know, all ports in the United States to Puerto Rico to be able to just use whatever shipping is available, which is why we, we don't think there's going to be an overall negative impact on the shipping industry because now you're going to have not just three shippers going to Puerto Rico, but many more. And what have you been hearing from the people on the island, uh, the, the citizens, the people you talk with, and also from the government of Puerto Rico? Well, the, the, the day after the American Bar Association unanimously approved our, uh, the New York State Bar and the City Bar's joint proposal to have Puerto Rico exempted from the requirements of the Jones Act, it, it appeared in the local media in Puerto Rico. The, uh, and you had everyone from the business industry to the Colegio de Abogados de Puerto Rico, the local bar association, saying, Absolutely. We have been saying this for years, that we are suffering in Puerto Rico because of the Jones Act, and they, and they applauded you know, our, our joint efforts to focus on this issue and to try and get it resolved. 
Uh, interestingly, you have here in New York, Catherine Wild, who heads the New York, uh, the Partnership for New York City, but who also has close ties to, to Puerto Rico. She has been in touch with commerce both here in New York City and in Puerto Rico, and, and all of whom are in favor of having uh, Puerto Rico exempted from the Jones Act because of the benefit to the companies who do business between Puerto Rico and the United States. Right, and wasn't there also recently uh, the government of Puerto Rico requested a waiver specifically? They did. They they requested a waiver for uh, the that aspect of the Jones Act that impose you know, requires uh, it's jet it's jet fuel or liquefied natural liquefied gas. natural yeah. gas. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, there there was a letter written by members of Congress. Uh, opposing having Puerto Rico exempted from uh, that requirement, and which is why it is necessary for Congress to be able to have um, a much deeper understanding what the true impacts are of the Jones Act on Puerto Rico, which is why we need to have hearings other than the so-called softball questions on the Walmart report convened, where everything that we've been talking about this morning uh, is, is actually addressed by Congress. See, and I think that um, the most fundamental issue is w when you look at legislation, what was its mission? What was its purpose? This, I keep coming back to, to it because I think it's the, it's, it's the strongest argument. The purpose that this legislation was enacted for no longer exists, and it's been co-opted. It's been co-opted and it's hurting the people of Puerto Rico, and I believe it's hurting the economy of the United States of America as well. When our taxpayer dollars are being sent to Puerto Rico to help in the recovery in every conceivable way, it's costing more to, to get the goods there, so they're getting less, you know, it, you're getting less for every dollar. It, it just makes no sense. Right. Yeah, and as far as the original justification goes, our U.S. Navy is a lot bigger than it was, and to the extent that we need... You think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, because the need to have Puerto Rico exempted is immediate, hmm. and because any attempt at repealing the Jones Act in its entirety would be a multi-year uh, hmm. war, uh, we have urged that, for now, the focus be solely on exempting Puerto Rico from the Jones Act. Uh, and it's, uh, Puerto Rico is in a unique situation. There are clearly other uh, economies, such as Hawaii's, that are impacted by you know, the Jones Act. But Hawaii was not uh, suffering from a 10-year economic decline. Hawaii has not you know, been subjected to the devastation of dual hurricanes. Puerto Rico needs the help now. We should be seeking to have Puerto Rico exempted now. Okay, so it seems that this is a way that could boost Puerto Rico's economy, and just to be clear, it wouldn't cost the federal government anything to implement this. Uh, I don't see how it would. I don't see how it how it possibly could. It would. It would. It, to the contrary, it, it it would give the federal government a, a greater. Um, 
uh, opportunity to, to help Puerto Rico. The, 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 the money that we devote to the recovery of Puerto Rico would go further. So, And uh, the increased business between Puerto Rico and the United States uh, companies that would be shipping directly to Puerto Rico in a way that they don't now would re result in increased tax revenues to the United States. So it's, it's, it wouldn't cost the United States to exempt Puerto Rico. It would actually benefit the United States to do so. Okay. Well, I think that's all the time we've got. Thank you, Roger, and thank you, Michael. Thank you for listening to the 44th Street Podcast of the New York City Bar Association. Opinions expressed here are those of the speakers and not necessarily of the City Bar. To read the City Bar's report on the Jones Act, as well as the Association's positions on other policy issues, visit our website at nycbar.org. And find more City Bar podcasts and program audio on iTunes or Google Play, or at our website at nycbar.org. This podcast was produced by Eric Friedman and Alex Cardaris. 